Grace and mercy and peace be with all of you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Even still on this day, today, April 29th, 2018, Jesus is alive. He rose from the dead. He is currently ruling and reigning as our risen Lord and Savior. And for that reason, in these Sundays of Easter, we're focusing on a theme, Easter effects, and looking each week at an aspect of our lives and seeing how Easter affects our lives in very real, practical ways. Easter is the thing that brings beauty and color into this often dark and bleak world. Easter is the thing that brings meaning and purpose into every single activity of our daily lives. Today, our theme is Easter affects my vocation. Easter affects my vocation. So what is your vocation? Some of you may say, I'm a teacher, I'm a professor, I'm a student, I'm a nurse, I'm an office worker. Nobody, though, in this room, nobody would raise their hand and say, I am an engineer, right? Nobody? nobody there's no engineers here, right? But is that all? Is, is your vocation simply the place that gives you a paycheck? That's what your vocation is, the place that gives you a paycheck? From a Christian perspective, and particularly, actually, a Lutheran perspective, the answer is no. That is not all that is meant by vocation. It is not purely and simply just the place that gives you a paycheck. Vocation comes from a Latin word, vocatio, which literally means a call or a calling. You can see the word like vocal cord, right? A call. And so for there to be a call, somebody has to do the calling, right? So from a Christian perspective, God is the one who calls to us, he first creates us, and then he calls us to be his very own by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he calls and he gathers us by the gospel, and he nourishes us with his word and his sacraments. He calls us to be his very own, and by this, then, he calls us to do things in this life. We are called to be active participants in this world, to do things, right? Now, this calling of God to be his very own children affects every aspect of our lives and not just our jobs. You were created for much more than just simply to go to work to get a paycheck. God has bigger plans for you than just that. God has bigger plans for you than just a job. Therefore, from a Christian perspective, you can actually have multiple vocations. From a Christian perspective, multiple vocations, because everything that you do as a Christian person is your vocation, because God has called you to that place to do that thing. In John 15 today, we read this passage, and we have kind of an allegory where we hear an image of a vine dresser, a vine, branches, and fruit. It's a nice image, and, it, and as it breaks down and we get into the details, details of what's going on, it helps to flush this conversation out. So let's break this down a little bit. Here's what this means. The vine dresser is God the Father. The vine is Jesus. The branches are us. 
And the fruit is the things that we produce as Christian people in this world. The fruit that we as Christians produce. So then I ask you, what is the fruit that you are producing? Let's take a look at this image, a little bunch of grapes here. Let's say that each piece of fruit on this bunch of grapes is one of the vocations, one of the things that you do in this life, your callings in life. Perhaps you have a spouse or kids, friends, a school to, to, to go to, a job to do, chores, coworkers, neighbors, your church, your volunteer opportunities, your hobbies. No wonder some of you are running around like crazy people with all the things that you are trying to accomplish in this world. But as you look at this list, each one of these things, or whatever your cluster of grapes looks like, from a Christian perspective, every one of those things are your vocations. They are your callings, because God has uniquely called you, uniquely gifted you, and placed you in unique situations with specific people to be a Christian person. God has placed you in these places. You go as a child of God into every aspect of your life. You've been created by him, saved by him, you are loved by him, and therefore Easter affects your whole life. It affects this picture. Here's how Easter affects this picture with your vocation. Jesus rose from the dead, and because Jesus rose from the dead, what he says about himself is that he is the vine. He's the vine on which this fruit grows. Therefore, in this image, the vine is alive, right? If the vine were dead, you would not be able to accomplish much as a branch, correct? Perhaps, perhaps in a situation, you could be cut from the vine, and then the vine could die, and you could be sold at a store as a bunch of grapes, but how long would you last? Not very long until you were just eaten up and consumed or dry and shrivel up, correct? Apart from the vine, you are not much. But because Jesus is alive, the vine is alive. And by being connected to the vine, the life of the vine floods into you, the branch, and therefore into you and what you do in this world, the fruit that you produce. Now, how does this sort of image and understanding affect the way that you see and participate in all these vocations? I think it's twofold. First of all, think about it like this. If you imagine that you are the branch and what you are producing is fruit, and yet you are still connected to the vine, what it does is it affects the recipients of your fruit. Because the way that you live as a Christian person attached to the vine affects the fruit that they receive from you. Because you're not just living on your own, you are living with the life and love of Jesus flowing through you for their sake. So it affects the recipients. However, this image also affects the way that you see your purpose in this life in all of these various vocations. Your life has purpose because you are connected to the vine, and therefore God says you have purpose. Who's the one that produces the fruit after all? Not just you, but the vine produces the fruit living through you. So God says you are fruitful, and he makes you fruitful. Therefore, you have purpose. 
Many people in this world are struggling to find purpose and meaning, though, and I think it's because this world oftentimes tells us that we're not doing enough. We're not doing enough if we're not busy enough, the world will tell us. The world will tell us we're not doing enough, we're not purposeful enough unless we get to the top and achieve the highest standards. This world will tell us that we are not doing enough if we're not financially successful. From a Christian perspective, we can erase all of those things and say, yes, you are. Yes, you are purposeful. Yes, you are valued. Yes, your life has meaning because when you are connected to the vine, your life is filled with the life of Jesus Christ. The sap of the vine trickles down through you and it is that sap of the vine that produces fruit through you. When you are connected to Jesus, when you're connected to him, every aspect of your life has the opportunity to be the most beautiful fruit-bearing activity. Even the most mundane and ordinary activities of your life. Even the most mundane and ordinary activities of your life have the opportunity to be the most beautiful, precious fruit because those activities even come from God himself. Martin Luther, the great reformer, over and over again, he spoke often about Christian vocation being everything that we do as Christian people. Everything that we do is our vocation. You see it on the screen, right? Now, from that perspective, there is immense and beautiful purpose in this life. Again, even in the most small and mundane and ordinary things when done by a Christian. Luther has much to say in many different quotes about this, about people being active in this world and how beautiful it is when Christian people are active. There's one quote that I want to share with you today that I, I admire, brings purpose to my life, and I think it's funny. All right, so here's what Luther says about fathers. Take a look at this. He says this, When a father goes ahead and washes diapers or performs some other menial task for his child, and someone ridicules him as an effeminate fool, God with all of his angels and creatures is smiling, not because that father is washing diapers, but because he is doing so in the Christian faith. All right, you can just let that marinate for a second, right? Obviously, Luther's words here, they're a little bit coarse, right? But, but isn't it true? Isn't it true? I think that dad's and, and all people, but dads in particular are given mixed messages in this world about what's really important in life and about which vocations are supposedly most meaningful. And, and we get told often about what should be valued, what should be important, but the, even the things that are used to judge what's important according to the world's standards, even those things are skewed. Just think about it. How do you judge importance of tasks in your life? Many of us judge them on the, on the success of the task, on the value of that task and, and what it has, on the, maybe on the return of the investment or the money that is achieved. That's how this world values importance. Many people will even say, and I hear this sometimes from, from dads in particular, They'll say, everything that I'm doing, the way that I work, I work so hard for my family, but sometimes those people are working so hard and so long that they're absent from their family and never see their family, right? 
We get mixed messages from this world. So Luther, Luther, countercultural to his culture and to ours, reminds us, and even dads in particular, but it's applicable to all people, that as Christian people, everything that we do, everything that we touch has immense value and purpose and has the opportunity to bear precious, beautiful fruit when done as a Christian person even washing diapers. Now, not a lot of us wash diapers anymore. Uh, my wife and I tried that out with our first kid and then kind of gave up on the whole, you know, thing. But, you know, some of you washed diapers back in the day. A more modern application of this is changing diapers, right? Changing diapers. And so I, I want to, to, to highlight the importance of father figures being active in all vocations in their life I want to have a diaper-changing competition, all right? So I've already challenged Marcus to a diaper-changing competition. Marcus, come on up. Um, Marcus has his first kid. Sully is about eight weeks old, right? Nine, something? Thirteen. I lost a few, all right? So Sully is 13 weeks old. Marcus has one kid. I have three, to my advantage. Uh, but I've also decided that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge Dustin Shear. Dustin is going to come forward as well. Uh, Dustin is an engineer, so he knows how to do this. Dustin has one, uh, you have, Finley is two-ish, and they have twins on the way, uh, due in May. So, um, so Dustin, uh, here's two for you. Uh, here's mine. Marcus, there's a chicken. All right, we'll make it, we'll make it fair. You can pick your, pick your one. The, the, nursery, the nursery has very small children, but uh, so, so here's what we're going to do. You're going to put your diaper down. Put it, put it down, Marcus. You can't unfold it yet, Marcus. All right. So on the count of, what should we count to, three? That's sure. standard, right? You're, Wait, we're, go? Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, no pushing, no shoving. Uh, we're going to pretend the dirty work's already been done. All you got to do is put a new diaper on the baby. When you have accomplished your task, lift your baby in the air. Okay. <laughs> Did your wife teach you nothing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just one. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I do have three children. All right. Or should we say on your mark, get set, go? Um, I like on your mark. All right. On your mark, get set, go. Oh, oh mine makes noise. Ah, oh. Every time. Oh, I don't use Huggies. There you go. The, right way? Uh, the baby's really small, but my baby talks. Mine was that would have that would have thrown me off. All right, congratulations, guys. You lose. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You can, yeah. Careful for the babies. All right. Now, some of that was done just simply to prove a point that I am good at changing diapers. Um, but. <laughs> What was the rest of the point? Oh, right, right, right. To bring value and purpose and meaning even to the most mundane and ordinary and simple and, believe it or not, filthy tasks that we have to accomplish as Christian people. Do you have any of those things in your life, those very mundane, ordinary things that sometimes you go, why me? <laughs> why now? Why, why right here? Can't somebody else do this? I want to remind you today that 
that God, yes, God Almighty and all of His almighty power has called you in that moment to be super present as a full Christian person in every single aspect of your life. This is where God has called you, not just to the extraordinary things, but most often to the ordinary, to the mundane. And when you are there, eternal life happens. Jesus reminds us today in John chapter 15, remain in me. Remain in me. Remain in me. This means that we are currently in him, right? Currently in him. When we are called by him, we are currently in him. We are attached to him. We are the branches. We receive our life our eternal life, our forgiveness from him day in and day out. His life, the sap of that vine trickles into your life through his word, through his sacraments, so that you can have life and the fullness of life in his name. And through that, as Jesus says, remain in me, as much as he commands you to remain in him, he promises to you and I will remain in you. Always and forever, Jesus says, I am in you. And he is. He is. His life is in you. His breath is in you. You're created by him, redeemed by him, saved by him. This is where you belong, my dear friends in Christ. Jesus is the vine and you are the branches. And again, Easter affects this whole picture because the vine is alive. It's alive. Jesus never, ever, ever stops pouring life into you. And in this, in all things, even in the most mundane and ordinary, even in the tasks you don't want to do, the opportunity for beautiful, life-giving fruit can be produced, even right there. So, next time you change a diaper, or sweep a floor, or take out the trash, or do any other mundane activity as a Christian person, you are fully living in your vocation, and God is smiling. Easter affects your vocation, all of it, your whole life. Go in his peace, in his name, in his joy, in his life. Amen. Amen. We will...